0: The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. You can see why I didn't put that in the bulletin. Young men and women, if you don't respect your mothers, you are dead meat. That's what the proverb
1: is saying. Today on the Songtime broadcast, a powerful message from Derek Thomas with a warning and a reminder to honor your mothers. It's not just a biblical instruction, it comes with a blessing and a warning. This message from Derek Thomas takes us to our Proverb Day in May series as we consider the wisdom of our mothers. But first, we're talking about the role that parents play in raising up their children and training them in the the way that they should go. We're joined once again by Rob Reno as we talk about how the church can instruct families. The many voices are coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. Tonight I'll be gathering at my church with a bunch of kids for our Awana program. Our midweek service with our children has really grown and flourished over this past year. We just started it last year, and I have to tell you, it's been one of the the joys of my my pastoral ministry to watch these kids. It's my midweek pick-me-up. I get to see these kids who are really hungry for the Word of God, excited to sing the songs of praise, and so attentive, even more so than the adults. They're so attentive to listen to the stories from the Bible as I teach them from the Word of God. And and tonight, I will have the joy of sharing the gospel with them. It is really a privilege. But earlier in the year, as I was preaching through the book of Ephesians, and we were studying the book of Ephesians here on the broadcast, I mentioned to my church when we got to chapter 4 that uh, it's my job to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, and, and that happens first and foremost in the home. I mentioned that if, if the Awana program had gotten out of control and became the source of where parents were sending their kids in order to get the biblical instruction, and they weren't doing it at home, that I would cancel the Awana program, and that brought a lot of shock uh, to many of our, our church attendees, but that is absolutely crucial. No ministry should ever take the place of what should be happening in the home. That's actually what we're talking about this week, as we're joined once again by Rob Reno, who is the author a visionary church. How your church can strengthen families. It's a great resource and an even better ministry. Uh, visionary family ministries is uh, by Dr. Reno is absolutely amazing. But uh, Rob, I do think that this is a crucial component because it's shocking that I would make that statement, but it's absolutely crucial, especially when considering that the temptation to think that there that we could have too much of a good thing, and the truth is. It really is a, a preventative if we are se- thinking that the church is called to do the work when the families are actually meant to do that. Yeah, oh, I'm thrilled you're running
2: Awana. We're huge Awana fans, and Visionary Family has partnered with Awana many times over the years. We just came back for we had Father Son Night at Awana last night with me and my my little boys. And for any parents that um, are are blessed enough to participate in, in an Awana church or a similar type of ministry. Those, those booklets, those handbooks that your kids have are wonderful tools for spiritual conversations uh, with your children in the home. And so there can be a tremendous partnership. Let me tell you something else that happens. For churches that—see, re- here's, here's the—for for a typical church, you see, your warning is very correct. For a typical church, 80 to 90 percent of kids coming to a youth program or a children's program are the church kids and you're giving them basic Christian discipleship and 10 to 20% are kids who don't have Christian families or their friends that are coming. And as leaders, we're always kind of torn between those two uh, audiences if you will. We've got some believing kids from believing homes who we want to uh, disciple, but we've also got some kids who don't know Jesus and we want to share the good news with them and and see them come Uh, come to Christ. Here's something that happens in churches that really get a hold of a family equipping vision. And we lay this out systematically in Visionary Church as they equip the parents of the church to be the primary spiritual trainers of their kids at home, right? The Awana ministries, the youth ministries get to be more intentional about ministering to those kids who don't have Christian parents because the church kids are getting their spiritual meals at home. And in fact, the church kids start coming to Awana, not desperate for basic Christian discipleship, but they actually start coming with a mindset that I can be a blessing to other kids that might be there. Mm. I can be a Christian friend to someone who uh, may not know Jesus there. And it creates an incredibly powerful dynamic where our youth and children's ministries become more evangelistic in their focus.
1: How then does the church become the partner to the family? Where do they uh, stop being just a program for the family and a partner for the family in that regard?
2: Yeah, well, in the family ministry world, one of the things that you'll hear is that family ministry is not a program, Mm -hmm. okay? And that sounds good, right? In other words, that it's a philosophy, it's a theology, it's an approach. But the problem is... um, we like to run programs. Like yeah. if we, if we see a need, we want to do something. I was talking to a pastor in Colorado and he said, you know, Rob, we're not a program church. We're a discipleship church. I said, Oh, that's great. You know, well, what do you do? He's like, well, we do boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and he went through the weekly calendar. I'm like, well, that's your program. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know you, I got to understand what you're saying. So, but so here's the deal there actually is a program that a family ministry church needs to run. And the program is family worship in every home. Yep. Family worship in every home. Whether you're a single person, married with no kids, a family, you know, grandparents raising grandkids, how do we get open Bibles and prayer? Let's call that a program, open Bibles and Prayer in every single apartment and home of our church. Now here's the problem with this program. You're not there to run it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to equip the saints for the work of this ministry. Most of us didn't grow up like this. 15% of adult church growers grow up grew up in a home that had family worship, so most folks just don't have a vision for how to do it. So we're going to have to teach, train, and equip them uh, how to take some baby steps in this area.
1: Uh, I think a lot of of parents are they they're already have full schedules. They have got sports going on. They've got school. They've got they they seem to have uh, on all of those fronts some challenges too, especially with trying to keep their kids discipled but sending them out into the world. So. Uh, parents are already feeling that they're doing more than they can handle. This seems family worship, discipleship in the home, teaching your kids the Bible, it seems really to be adding on to an already burdened lifestyle they're living. Yeah.
2: I would give every parent and grandparent listening to this a loving, direct challenge, and it would be this. For the next 30 days, every day, pray to the Lord God, turn my heart to the ministry of my children. Mm -hmm. Turn my heart to the ministry of my children. You pray that every day for 30 days. You see, and here's what I think God is going to do. First of all, I think he's going to answer that prayer and he's going to overwhelm your heart and your spirit that your greatest purpose in this life is to help these kids follow Jesus. The greatest impact that you are going to make is the ripple effect of faith through the future generations. And more than anything else, we want to help these kids safely home to their father in heaven. I'll, I'll give you a, a parent, a, a scripture that the Lord has been convicting me about so much lately. It's uh, Matthew 6, 33. Jesus has just gotten done teaching on worry, right? Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will wear. God will take care of those things. And he wraps it up and he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. And what the Lord's been pressing me on is, do I really believe that as a parent? Mm-hmm. You see, I am stressed about the practical things of life. I've got a daughter getting ready to launch for college, right? I've got another son in college. So, the, the finances and the ACT scores and, you know, jobs and, all you know, boys and girls and all these things. And And the question for me is, do I really believe what Jesus said there, mm-hmm. that if my children— will follow God and seek Him, that He promises to take care of every need in their life. Now, it's really easy to say, oh, yeah, I believe that. No, really, do I believe that? Because if I believe that, I am just overwhelmingly focused on helping and encouraging my children to follow God. Mm. Because then God promises He's going to take care of all the other stuff, and He's going to do it better than me.
1: We've been talking with Rob Reno, who is the author of Visionary Church, How Your Church Can Strengthen Families. He's also the founder of the ministry, Visionary Family Ministries, a great resource with a lot of great books. You can find out more information about all of that by giving us a call, 508-362-7070. I also want to mention that this weekend, as we're talking about families and parents and the role of raising up the next generation with our theme verse, Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. With that instruction, we are hosting a conference this Saturday right here on Cape Cod. Our keynote speakers are Dr. Ted and Margie Tripp who are the founders of the ministry Shepherding the Heart, as talk about shepherding the heart of a child. They'll also be joined by another speaker, Dr. James Manganello, who is a Christian psychologist talking about mental health issues that are being faced by children, especially over these past two years. This conference is made available to you as a resource to help you train your own families. If you want to find out more information, head over to our website at songtime.com or you can register online. Or you can give us a call, 508-362-7070. All week long, we've been talking about the role that parents play and particularly how mothers are shaping the wisdom and the heart of their children. In this message from Dr. Derek Thomas, we delve into that again as we think about a proverb a day in May and the instruction, the wisdom of our mothers.
0: Uh, The Bible is full of examples of the influence of mothers uh, on their sons. Moses, for example. I think it wouldn't be a stretch to suggest that the root base understanding of Moses' view of God, Moses' understanding of Yahweh, came from his mother, raised, of course, in an alien home, but with, under God's providence, the influence of his mother, Jacob's mother, burned into Jacob's soul a love for the promises of God. Hannah and Samuel. Hannah, isn't that a wonderful story? Isn't that an absolutely incredible story? This godly, godly woman with an oaf of a husband, with another mistress in the background, Penina, who bore him lots of children. And Hannah, of course, was childless. And you remember before Eli the priest and she's uh, praying and uh, but nothing's coming out she's praying silently but her lips are moving and Eli thought she was drunk you remember that narrative and do you remember what she prayed for that lord give me a son and I'll give him back to you isn't that unbelievable it's one of the most moving stories I think in all of scripture for me the one thing that she wanted was the one thing she was prepared to give back to the lord what a mother and Jesus had a mother, an earthly mother, Mary, this young teenage girl. Imagine that an angel would suddenly come and tell you that you're pregnant. And how do you spin that narrative? And don't think that it was any easier in the first century to spin that narrative than it would be today. People knew then how babies are born. And she bore Him and gave birth to Him and fed Him at her breast and changed Him and instructed Him. How do you think Jesus knew His Bible? How do you think Jesus knew His Old Testament? And don't be carried away with the idea that just because He was the Son of God, He has a divine mind and He knows everything. We're not talking about His divine mind. We're talking about His human mind. How did He know the Scriptures? Because Mary, in part, taught Him the Scriptures. Joseph did too, but Mary especially, I think. This godly, godly woman and her influence on her son and her other children that she had. Motherhood demands wisdom and courage, and Southern children wonderfully are taught to call their mothers ma'am, ma'am. I think that is so biblical. It is a wonderful tradition that is backed by Judeo-Christian support, I think. Do you remember Mark Twain's quip, his biting comment about how ignorant he thought his father was when when Mark Twain was fourteen, and how much his father had grown in the seven years by the time he'd reached twenty-one? His father had had grown and had learned so much by the time he was twenty-one. Young men and women in the congregation, I want you to turn to Proverbs 30 and verse seventeen. I want you to turn to Proverbs 30 and verse 17. I didn't put it in the bulletin lest you decide not to come today. But here's another text that speaks about children and their relationship to their mothers. Proverbs 30 and verse 17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. You can see why I didn't put that in the bulletin. Young men and women, if you don't respect your mothers, you are dead meat. That's what the proverb is saying.
1: Our proverb day for May, for this day, Proverbs 11, I'm looking at verse 14. Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. I've found throughout my years of ministry, that people don't like instruction. I mean, it's not something we are are really interested in, especially if it's unsolicited instruction, but I'm going to do it for you anyway. You need great voices in your life. Our motto is Many Voices, One Message. You need many different voices speaking that one message into your life. You cannot do this on your own. You cannot raise up a child. You cannot uh, train the next generation. You cannot function in life. You cannot succeed in your business. And we cannot thrive as a a community without help, without instruction. We need the church. We need other believers in our life. But we also need some great key speakers that can influence us and teach us the Word of God. That's why we try to bring so many different voices on the broadcast, because they're all great resources that can help you grow in your faith. And that's why this weekend we're hosting a conference with really some of the best Bible teachers on this subject. We're bringing in Dr. Ted Tripp, who has written a book, Shepherding a Child's Heart. Uh, we had him a few years ago at our Definitions Conference here on Cape Cod, and he's coming back to speak directly to parents and grandparents on how to instruct the heart of a child. His wife, Margie, has written a book on, on how to deal with prodigals, and I think that this is such an important subject. How do we pray for prodigals? How do we minister the gospel to them? You need instruction. You need counselors to help you in this process. We're also going to hear from Dr. James Manganello, who is a Christian psychologist. He's going to talk about mental health issues. you don't you don't know what your child needs until, you- you discover it. Yeah, I mean, if you don't understand it, there are so many things you can't possibly understand without counselors. All of these great resources that we're making available to you so that you can be a better parent, a better grandparent, a better member of your church as we think about reaching the next generation. If you want to find out more information about this conference, give us a call. It's 508 7070. You can also head over to our website where you can register online at songtime.com or write to us, support the work that we're doing. If you believe, if you've been blessed by the work that we're doing, if you found counsel in in the teaching, in the the resources that we've provided, please consider giving back. You can write to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630. Or, again, give us a call, 508-362-7070. You can also find us on social media, but don't forget to tune in again tomorrow as we continue to talk about the instruction we get from our mothers and the message from Dr. Derek Thomas continuing our study in the book of Proverbs.
0: The context of this proverb is the fear of the Lord and all of this labor that mothers do, especially with their children, to fear the Lord and walk before Him all of their days.
1: On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it.